Hello, this is Catherine, and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. It's January, so I've got to do an episode about discipline. Self-discipline, to be precise, not the Fifty Shades sort. No, today I'm going to share my two learnings about getting shit done, and I hope you find them useful. Happy New Year, and a warm, very relieved welcome to 2018. The season for emotional pressure is over and it's time to slowly slink back into the obscurity of the everyday, letting those resolutions gradually slide, as the takeaways and vinos shimmy gradually back into your weeknights so that by the end of the month everything can be jolly well back to normal in time for the daffodils. But what about those big challenges you do intend to follow up on? Are you the sort of person that generally achieves what you set out to do? Or do you always feel like you miss the mark? How does this one relate to running, you wonder? Well, simply because I discovered that the moment I took up distance running, I've become the sort of person that gets things done. That sounds very smug, doesn't it? But it's true. And honestly, I am the last person you would expect to say that. I'm one of those ideas people that always has to carry a notebook, finds their thoughts changing direction as quickly as the wind, is easily carried away on a daydream, and spends most days mentally buzzing around like a fly in a jam jar. Well... Personality doesn't always change, but habits do. And boy, has running helped make me more productive and creative. In fact, that's what I'm known for now. How did that happen? I think the answer simply is discipline. Self-discipline is something everyone has to learn at some point or other. It's something some people are fortunate enough to get away without long into adulthood because they are either, one, primarily motivated by authority figures, i.e. a boss, employer or a teacher, or two, talented enough to get good results even when they're just doing very little work. Unsurprisingly, I always fell into the first camp. Only when, as a non-runner, I signed up for my first marathon did I begin to learn about the commitment I'd made to myself. Okay, so the original motivation for that was absolutely to please authority figures. I worked for a big radio network at the time, and in our weekly station meeting heard that we could all sign up to raise money for our station charity by running the marathon. 100% believing in the cause, both charity and station, I put my hand up, as I was wont to do earlier in my career. There and then, I agreed to do something I had no idea I could achieve. And I worked really hard at that marathon, training diligently and carefully over a long period, and marvelling at how quickly my body adapted and reshaped itself to the cause. I sailed on through the marathon course in just a sniff over four hours. The sense of adventure and achievement the training brought was marvellous, Not least because I'd never seen so much of London and Sussex on foot before. But more so because the habit I'd made would go on to change my life. The physical and emotional energy I gained from running, my enjoyment of the basics like food, rest and thinking time, all made me feel permanently more alive and engaged with the world. And to this day, this is why I run. Because it makes everything, from the basic to the cerebral, feel more present. But a side effect was this new skill of self-discipline I'd gained, and the realisation that when the mind puts a stop on you achieving something, it's not always the most reliable authority. Through running, I was able to see that when my mind said no, my body could continue regardless. I had resources beyond what my present logic, mood or reason would tell me. In short, self-discipline grew out of the recognition for untapped potential within myself. I'm sure many of you can imagine how addictive a realisation like this becomes to an ordinary young woman with a low self-esteem and high aspirations. I began to use the same thought process in my working life, also in achieving personal projects I'd just daydreamed about before, and also in relationships. So lesson one of two, 
Here it is. You can do more than you realise if you just keep trying. Do now, doubt later. And wouldn't you know it, the hard work paid off. Each time reaffirming the newfound idea that I could go somewhere beyond my wildest dreams just by ignoring the you-can't-do-it voice. It's an easy lesson, but it's something people buy books to read or go to life coaches to be told. But for me, it was building the habit of running that helped me change my thinking habits and become a person that achieves things. And the habit is built not by the affirmation you already feel, but the one you are motivated to feel every time you step out into the dark winter morning with a long day ahead, every time you will yourself to go the extra mile with a stitch or pass on the pizza order because you've told yourself you'd do six miles around the park. And just so you don't think I'm talking hot air, here are a few examples of things I daydreamed about but didn't think I would ever achieve on the day I signed up for my first marathon. Run a marathon. Write a novel. Start a running website. Do a journalism course. Work at a paper. Bake a wedding cake. Change careers and set up on my own. Start a podcast. Or, or 50. Write a radio sitcom. Make documentaries. Write another novel. Buy the freehold to my building. Learn to paint. And guess what? I achieved them. I remember each of them was hard at points. But what I'd learned was that even when I didn't feel like working hard, if I just kept plugging away, I'd get there. That's the most obvious statement in the world. And yet for me, it wasn't a habit until I started running. Step after step is progress, and there's no ignoring that. They say it takes a little while to reprogram your neural pathways with a habit. Actually, that's just what my sister has been telling me since I broke up with my boyfriend. Every time I find myself crying over a cafetiere, Christmas bauble, or trip to the co-op for groceries. I know, middle-class relationship problems. My point is, if you keep thinking the same things over and over again in context, they become a habit in that context. So right now, the self-discipline I've learned from running forwards when I don't want to, in the cold, when I'm tired, when it's that time of the month, that self-discipline is 100% useful right now in not thinking about the life I've lost, but about the one I'm going to have. Now for the more difficult part. Lesson two of two. Failure is always a possibility. Well, if I'd left it there, you'd have thought I was a total smug pants instead of a healthy, self-loathing British woman. I'm going to tell you that I've been having a few failures lately. In fact, it's never been harder. Not to achieve big goals, but just to do the basics some days. Because that's the other side of learning self-discipline. The absolute knowledge that sometimes it's just on you and you alone to get things done. I thought of this topic the other day when I set out on a 17-mile cross-country run. The distance doesn't matter here. You might think 17 miles is easy or hard, but on that day for me, it was hard. It was in that tricky period between Christmas and New Year when most revellers feel a bit bloaty and couchified anyway. And added to that, are probably also ill from all the boozing and party bugs and festive time pressures. Well, I certainly was anyway. And I didn't feel that hot about the whole affair starting out on my first mile. And may I add that the hills here in Sussex are killer on the bum and thighs. Nevertheless, even when self-motivation is in short supply, self-discipline is somehow just a strong habit I've developed when it comes to running. So the other day I put on my usual do-now-doubt-later program and got on with it. But then this new doubt arrived. What if I've lost my self-discipline, I thought. <gasps> it's all down to me to do this run. Nobody's going to carry me, I thought. Nobody's going to carry me and nobody cares if I finish this mile. Nobody cares if I finish and I'm ill and sleepy and sad. Why do you bother with anything? There are literally no stakes in doing the stupid run. Why not just go home and be lazy? You don't have to care about anything today. This run doesn't matter to anyone. It doesn't even matter to you right now, I thought. 
There was no counter-argument in my head, but I just kept running like I usually do, although I felt tired and thought stupid, doubtful stuff the whole way along. My legs got so tired, my shoes got full of soggy, cold bog water. It felt like a miserable, pointless endeavour. At home, there were mince pies left over, for God's sake. Then the final straw. Coming up the hill to the village, I found a little hen pheasant by the side of the road. She was upturned, her white, feathery undercarriage and legs in the air like bloomers in the wind. It was so undignified. What a death. I added her to the grim list of fatalities I'd observed. A squirrel, a blue tit, something unrecognisable, and now this poor soul. As I passed, I glanced down at the sorry thing, and then I saw her blink. That was the most miserable part of the day. I pep-talked her for a bit, and she righted herself, but didn't get up. I got the poor thing out of the road, holding my breath and praying that when I picked her up I didn't discover something awful. But fortunately, she didn't look too bad. She flapped about a little when I tucked her into the safety of the bushes, but was concussed and couldn't get up. For a moment I felt silly talking to a concussed bird as the odd car hammered by, especially the sort of bird that some folks shoot for pleasure then hardly bother retrieving at this time of year. But then I got over that and just felt annoyed that someone had belted down this road, hit an animal and carried on driving. Some people are so careless, careless and lazy, I fumed as I set off home in indignation. Some people are so careless and lazy they don't even stand up for the small things. And then no, I corrected myself. Catching that note of bitter piety just in time. Nope, all people can be careless and lazy, especially when there are no stakes and no consequences to them. Do you see where I'm going with this now? Let's bring it back round. We all get to make choices, and sometimes we do the easy thing because, well, it's easy. But sometimes then, for the sake of balance, shouldn't we do the hard thing because it's hard? I didn't manage my 17 miles that day. Not much longer after the bird thing, I began to feel very faint. The sort of faint I've learned not to ignore. So I called it a day and compromised with just over 15 miles. I didn't feel much immediate sense of achievement in that because I hadn't set out to do what I aimed to. But if we're being realistic here, sometimes, self-discipline is about not allowing yourself to feel like a failure, too. So that was what I did. And I know we're not talking about small distances here, but truly the distance is the moot point in this argument. Self-discipline is a habit and it's strongest when it's hardest to deploy. This frequently happens with running, when both mind and body can gang up to question your care and commitment. Every good intention we have has a potential to fail or never reach its full potential. Is that a reason to give up on them? Possibly, possibly not. There's only one way to find out. In perfect time for the new year, when everyone else is doing the same, I've been forced to reflect on my achievements to date in trying to work out a few big goals for the future. This part is not a chore by any stretch. Indeed, it's been an absolute pleasure to get tough with myself and think about what I've let slide in the past year. And it's not a chore because alongside the list of things I haven't managed to do yet is an even longer list of things I told myself I would do. Didn't feel certain I would. And achieved anyway. This never fails to surprise me. And looking at that list of achievements, they're things that I've planned out, thought about and aimed for on those long hours spent running in the cold, the heat, and under every sort of sky. This is something that you have the power to do as well, if indeed you're not in on the secret already, fellow runner. Self-discipline isn't the certainty that you're going to get somewhere. It's the pig-headedness to go in that direction and keep going there even when you fail. If you do that, you'll still achieve something. And we can thank the act of running 100% for this realisation. Good luck with whatever you're doing, and happy 2018.